Hey, 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 Housers. It's Michael Braithwaite here from Blue Door, and you are listening to On the Way Home. If you're looking for something else, uh, log off and check that out. But if you're here to hear about housing, health, employment, all things around helping our most vulnerable, you're in the right place. Here we look at the challenges that surround us, but more importantly, we look for solutions and we look to drop knowledge, create awareness, education, and share those solutions widely. We have guests from all around the planet that come on here and are doing incredible things uh, that can be duplicated everywhere. And today's guest uh, was no exception. Now, before we get to today's guest, let's talk about Blue Door, my organization. I'm very proud of Blue Door. I work with over 100 people who work very hard to house over 300 people every year and as well launch over 200 people into the trades each year uh, desperately needed so we can build the 3 million homes Canada needs by 2030. And they do much, much more. They wrap services around people. So not only do they find them housing, so they stay in housing, all different options as well. And we do that across York region uh, into Peel and Durham with our construct program, our construction social enterprise program. Um, and that is just above the GTA, sorry, just above Toronto, kind of northern GTA for people not familiar uh, with York region. So thanks to my team at Blue Door, shout out to them. We do this in partnership with the good folks at the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. Now, if you don't know already, their uh, conference is set for the fall of um, 2023, and you can now register. Go to their website at caeh.ca to register. You don't want to miss that conference. It's the biggest uh of its type they have amazing speakers and uh, presentations there they always have great keynotes it's going to be in halifax this year uh incredible part of the country to see so make sure and you always get a discounted price uh, early bird price if you register now uh so i'd encourage you to do so uh, if you haven't already and spread the word they do all sorts of different trainings and, and much much more check them out at caeh.ca uh, doing incredible work across this great country. Let's talk about today's guest. Today I have with me um, an award-winning chef, Chef Corey Dern. Uh, chef Corey is just incredible. Uh, not only did she uh, take her talents from the kitchen um, and use them to make the world a better place, I mean, she she combines that with other groups and she's created opportunities not just to feed people but to educate people and to pass that knowledge on. Uh, we've talked before on this podcast that you know, food banks are not the answer and you know greater incomes and affordable housing would allow people to buy their food and there wouldn't be a use for food banks. Uh, and what Corey does is really she helps people stretch that dollar forward, um, you know, and, and just actually eat nutritious food. We talked about the good enough principle and Corey and I talk about this in the podcast about how sometimes when we donate food, we don't give it a lot of thought, you know, this, I'm not going to eat this, or we don't like this, or we're going to donate it. But think about the dignity. And she talks about the dignity uh, in food and how food can bring people together. Um, you know, yes, with a lot of her work that she does, she's teaching people about nutrition. She's helping people understand food. But she's also creating a sense of community and bringing people together around food. And community is essential 
uh, when you're housing people to keeping them housed, right? Everyone wants that sense of community um, around them. It's important. It's what makes a house a home. And Chef Corey and uh, many of the volunteers she works with does just that. She talks about the importance of that. She talks about, you know, bringing people together from all walks of life uh, to eat food. Quite often, uh, there's a stigma attached to food banks and the way uh, that she does her community meals is it's a pay what you can. So you're bringing people that can pay full price. You Some people that can't pay at all, but they're all eating the same food. They're all together. Again, dignity uh, that she's working on when every in everything she does for the community. This is something that can be duplicated. She talks about her programs that can be duplicated across the country. Uh, and I would encourage you to reach out to Chef Corey if this is something you want to do in your community to support your most vulnerable in a small community uh, in the north of York region, Georgina, they're feeding about 500 people every week. 500 people, that's huge. And they're doing it with dignity. They're doing it with awareness and education. They're helping people not just for the now, but into the future uh, as they shop. And she's also launching people into careers um, in the food industry, which is a huge industry. Very, very cool. It was a great discussion. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Here we go with the podcast. Corey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, we Thank appreciate you, it being here. Now, awesome. let's ask, uh, we ask all our guests the same question when they come on because it's a little different for everyone. And there's no right or wrong for this. It's personal to you. And that is, what does home mean to you? That's a really great question um, because it can mean so much to so many people, right? So many different uh, ways to interpret it. For me, I'm going to say home is um, where I feel um, safe. Home is the place where uh, everything comes together. Awesome. I love that. Does that Simple. make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, uh, you know, some people say wherever they lay their hat, that's their home and they feel comfortable everywhere. Uh, for me, I'm going to say that place that, you know, completes you, makes you feel safe. Awesome. I love that. Safety is big. Um, and that's often what's missing in options for people who uh, who don't have a home and we have to get there. So well said, well said. Now let's talk about your journey and doing the research uh, around you. Uh, I saw that you did not go to school for the area. You kind of ended up uh, getting involved. In. So let's talk about your journey, if you can walk us through it. Sure. I mean, um, I was a latchkey kid, so I was one who was always cooking at home for my parents when waiting for them to come home. And um, but always, you know, thought uh, I would go into film and television, radio and television. But I paid my way going through school, working in restaurants. Um, like my first job was at Canada's Wonderland, <laughs> making pocket pups, Scooby Scoops in like the Hanna-Barbera land. Um, all the way to working, you know, from Mr. Green Jeans, Lime Rickies, you know, uh, Olive Garden, just to pay my way through school. Um, and, uh, and I had a good career in film and television and moved to Georgina for my mat leaf and made somebody a soup as a thank you gift. Because I always knew one day I was going to have my own cafe. And uh, that thank you gift turned into 250 jars in five weeks which turned into me making soup, stews, and chilies from here in Georgine all the way down to uh, downtown Toronto. So um, my, it was always my passion. I always enjoyed cooking for my family as a latchkey kid and paying my way through school. It just seemed the most, you know, perfect fit 
<laughs> whether it was front of house or back of house, uh, I was uh, always happy to be uh, uh, in the world of food. And even in film and television, you know, you get to take people out and entertain them. And, you know, how do you spend time with uh, people uh, in an, in, you know, a fun atmosphere? Generally, you're taking them to a restaurant. So I, I've always been around food. Well, in a way, you kind of combine the education and, and your passion right into to one thing. So that's uh, that's incredible. And you've kind of realized your dream. And along the way, you've done a lot of good. So let's talk about that. Uh, you've worked really hard over the years to help and support many of our most vulnerable, doing a lot of different workshops and things to teach people about nutrition, good food, shopping on a budget, those types of things. Where does that come from? Where where did that spawn out of your, your love for food and and uh, and kind of that television, radio stuff? It's uh, it's so interesting. Um, I really. I really had this idea of what food was about being in downtown Toronto and that whole, you know, watching food TV and a gas, you know, a, a gastronomic experience and, you know, food, 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 and it had this elevation to it. And I kind of felt like, why is food a luxury item when it doesn't really matter what's in your bank account? Everybody enjoys food. You know, whether you have money, you don't have money, that doesn't determine your palate. You can still want to enjoy something. You just don't have the opportunity to have that experience. And I didn't feel that it was right that uh, only a select few could have that kind of uh, an experience with food. Or know that you could even grow food, you know, like that you could buy romaine and cut the leaves off and continue to let it grow in your kitchen. That the best way to save money on food is to eat all the food that you have, you know, is to support local, is to not, you know, shop from a, a faraway country. Like there are so many things about bringing people back to basics and enjoying food that's grown locally or locally sourced uh, and making that affordable as opposed to the, you know, having it as a luxury item. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Yeah, I mean, food, food, I absolutely agree with you, right? I mean, it shouldn't be um, some, you know, just for some, it should be for everyone. It is a necessity. Uh, and good food, too. I think we talk often on this podcast about the whole, uh, the kind of good enough theory. Quite often people will say, oh, you know, um, this is good enough for like, so they'll send me something and say, Hey, Hey, Michael, isn't this cool? It's a, it's a, you know, a, a better tent or a better sleeping bag for someone experiencing homelessness. And when it comes to food, um, when we give to food banks, generally we're giving food that is canned food or processed it's food. heartbreaking. Yeah. It's yeah. Heartbreaking. Uh, I did a show where I opened up a food pantry, like just a bag to say, hey, this is, I had the food pantry on. I said, hey, let's open this up and see what's on the inside. And I'm going to show you some really great, you know, tips and tricks on what you can do with this um, 
with what you've received. And the items in there were heartbreaking. And I was just thinking, are you thinking about what you're donating? Like, are you thinking about what you're you're giving to somebody? Why not give them something that you yourself would want to eat and enjoy? Like, if you're going to do something canned, don't do canned Harvard beets. Do canned fruit, you know, um, a canned tuna that is an albacore and not, you know, the skipjack. Something that, you know, there's there's enjoyment in, not just, you know. Uh, giving for the sense of, oh, hey, this is something somebody will eat because they just don't know the difference. I mean, we all know what good food tastes like. We all know what, uh, you know, if we could teach somebody how to make pasta as opposed to have them buying KD or have to craft it or donate it, or if we could give actual real pasta, <laughs> you know, the big bags of it um, with real tomato sauce uh, as opposed to, you know, just in tomatoes, it's, it's, it's devastating sometimes when you look at what's uh, being donated or just give money so that uh, food pantries and people who look after people who have food insecurities can we can shop for those things that they like right yeah a lot of people donate full turkeys but not everybody who has food insecurities knows how to make a turkey or has the equipment to make a turkey yeah absolutely and well said i i mean i i think listen the intent best of intentions Right. We want to harness those intentions and do exactly what you said. Right. Create that as we're doing right here on this podcast this is awareness and education around. Hey, you have these great intentions around. Let's get a better tent. Let's get a better sleeping bag. Let's donate food. But understanding too the dignified approach to what would you want for yourself if you're to cook? And you bring up such a good point around choice. Right. Everyone should have choice when it comes to food. And unfortunately, that's not always the way. Right. And uh, the thing about our Georgina food pantry is that it's laid out like a supermarket, which I really love because it allows people to go through and shop for the things that they need. And I think that people think that there's a certain uh, demographic that utilizes the food pantry, but doesn't realize that it could be somebody who's working two jobs, who is a single caregiver. There's so many, you know, things, you know, out of placement of home, not having a home. There's just so many variables you know dignity is is a big deal and i like that you would use that word i, I was feeling it the, the the numbers i mean these are burning my brain right because i talk about them so often the who's hungry report that the daily bread uh, does annually and they talked about exactly what you're talking about the type of you know when people think of a user of a food bank Quite often they might think, well, it's, it's someone that experience that is is experiencing street homelessness, and yes, that that would be someone who would. But also, we see more and more. Unfortunately, food bank usage was at its highest in March of 2023. It quadrupled over the past couple of years. Uh, your average food bank user, after paying for housing, has eight dollars left over at the end of the month. If you're black uh, or indigenous, you would have six dollars left over for yourself and your family. Right. So the answer really isn't, let's be honest, the answer, and, and you know, we're not talking about food banks today, but Neil Heatherington, who's a frequent, frequent guest on the podcast, would say, hey, listen, the answer is not more food banks. The answer would be adequate income uh, and affordable housing. If you have those, yes. you have a choice and you can buy your own food. And then you can listen to Chef Corey talk about, you know, here's what you do. If you have that income, here's how you budget here's how you here's some recipes here's some easy ways to you know uh, cook good and nutritious food uh going forward right and, and we see that and, and people uh, need to understand that we do have to have choice there has to be dignity around absolutely. it absolutely 
Yeah. You know, it's compassion. It's about um, being, um, you know, empathetic, sympathetic, understanding our fellow man, right? We're all, everybody's entitled to food, clothing, and shelter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think it's also really um, interesting about, uh, you know, once you are given that choice or given exposure and you're able to see the things that you're capable of controlling, because sometimes you don't have control in your life and there's just, you know, what do you do? No control over your uh, financial situation, house situation, or your food situation. So the fact that these places exist and that there are people, there's more people like you and I who care and are compassionate and want to help our fellow man than don't. So we're one of well, those. You know, call, call me naive. I think I think that generally Canadians are very compassionate. I think they just sometimes lack the knowledge. And maybe that comes from social media uh, or, or just regular media. When they see food bank, they think X. You know, they think of, of you know something that they might see uh, in downtown Toronto. When they think of same similarly around people experiencing homelessness, they, they don't. You know, they think of a certain look, and often I'll say, "Not a look, man. It is really. Uh, it looks like both of us. It looks like anyone. It is oh, a yeah. feeling, a feeling of of hunger, a feeling of uh, loneliness, of fear." You know, all these things that, that when you can't, you don't have the, the income to house yourself and to uh, eat properly. And, and what people understand, too, is that an investment, when you invest in uh, making sure that everyone has equal access to food, you're actually helping people with their food plays such an important part, right, in their health, uh, both physical and mental health. You're Absolutely. actually saving dollars because people are healthier. They're less likely to go to, to the ER. Um, and take up those types of services, right? And they're more likely to keep their housing um, when they're they're eating well and doing that. Now, you run a, a program where you can you talk about some of the, the work that you've done? What do you do? You run workshops. What happens in these workshops? What are you teaching people? Well, one of the things that I do, just in play of what you were just saying about um, like uh, in our area, there's 183 families, uh, sorry, 123 families that rely on the food pantry. And that's families, not people. And so in the workshops that I teach, one of the first things that I talk about is if I'm, you know, educating children or youth at risk, um, I ask them, you know, how many are in a family? When you think of a family, what do you think of? And they generally say, you know, anywhere between three and five. And I said, well, there are 123 families a week that rely on the food pantry. That's a lot of people. That's around 500 people when you think about it. And so when you're talking about, you know, there's a, your parents or caregivers or somebody might say to you, you know, there are plenty of starving children in another part of this world, you better eat your food. The reality is it could be your neighbor, it could be the person you're going to school with, it could be somebody in this room. You know, you're right. That look is a look that is incognito, you know, uh, when you when you can't afford food. And so I try to educate people right from the get-go that we don't spoil food, we don't food waste. So when we're cooking here, we're asking a lot of questions, we're getting to know food. There's no silly questions. The only thing that I just won't uh, tolerate is the, you know, throwing food around or wasting food. Uh, and everybody's pretty keen, right? So we, uh, we do something known as the Good Food Collective. I'm part of the Good Food Collective. It was established uh, between the food pantry, roots, connecting communities, and community living. 
And the food pantry will get donations uh, that I was mentioning before that they're not able to give out, you know, on a person to person or family to family basis. So I turn that with my co-chef, we alternate um, into a really delicious lunch as a pay what you can lunch that everyone in the community is welcome to attend. Roots will um, pick you up or drop you off or drop off a takeout lunch if need be. Um, and Community Living are my food enthusiasts in the kitchen, along with other volunteers in our community who maybe couldn't afford to go to school or they just want to volunteer or participate in learning kitchen skills. And those who um, who would, you know, may not have a job or may not be able to afford a roof over their head can come and volunteer. And then when we do a catering job in our World of Flavors Catering, they get paid um, a, a livable wage, not a minimum wage, but a livable wage and get to use the um, skills that they've learned volunteering for that lunch to actually work in, uh, in culinary. And then we'll get them a job in the industry if they would like, et cetera. Uh, that's the uh, Good Food Collective. And then there's the um, uh, classes that I teach through the town, which one of them was, you know, your how do, uh, how do you shop on a budget? How do you feed your family on a budget? And uh, how do you save money doing that? And the number one way is to eat the food you buy. Eat everything you buy. So you buy what you need, you make a list, you shop local. And if you eat everything that you buy right there, you're already saving money because you're not eating out. As, uh, as often, and you're being mindful with what you've spent. You've dedicated that to a, an actual meal. Uh, and those are like, oh, at working with farms. Uh, I do have a suggestion if you're ever looking for a handy tip of how to save money, but to, you know, get uh, variety as opposed to, you know, making a lasagna and then cutting it into pieces and then putting it into a freezer or using it for later on. I think there are a lot of people who are used to just cooking for one person. Do you know what I mean? They don't have family or they just, it's, you know, how do you portion control that way? And so my suggestion in one of the uh, initiatives with the Good Food Collective is to find five other friends who enjoy cooking. And uh, what we do at the Good Food Collective is we have a recipe book and you come in and you get your recipe book and you pay your fee. And that fee is the amount that, so if you were doing this with friends, you set a bar and say $25 for a meal that feeds four to six. And you make a recipe and your friends make a different recipe and everybody does six different recipes. And at the end of it, you each give a portion of that recipe to the people you did your workshop with. And everybody has paid one price, got the recipe book for everything, but six different meals for that price. Oh, that's, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, so you're doing a bunch of different things. You're teaching people uh, about food waste and, and how that, you know, can be expensive. You're teaching people how to cook good food, nutritious on a budget, but you're also doing something. I think that you're bringing together community. And one of the things we talk about and it, it, when we house people, it's not just housing, but it's that sense of community. And if they don't have that sense, they may end up back at the shelter, sabotaging that housing. So I love the fact that in doing this, hey, the six of us get together. Now I built this little food kind of community, different people I can talk to. Uh, it's, it's simply just so cool and brilliant. I, I'm wondering if you can share some stories of people, you families or individuals or others you've worked with that, where you know, you've seen the impact in action. Oh, absolutely. Definitely with the Good Food Collective, because um, we've had to cap it at, at 150 uh, per week. And it's everybody from all walks of life coming together for the pay what you can lunch. Um, 
and I think it's just beautiful because, you know, people who are in, um, uh, you know, a negative situation or people who like, you know, are, are with hospice or they're in a youth shelter or a women's shelter coming out for the lunch, breaking bread with local business owners or people who can help them, uh, you know, fix the challenges that they're faced with are all eating the same meal together, a globally inspired dish. And, you know, some people will say, just make, you know, the macaroni and cheese, which we actually are going to be having coming up. But it's like I did an Ethiopian lentil dish, an Ethiopian lentil bowl, um, utilizing farm greens from another not-for-profit Clearwater Farm, um, as well as other local um, food suppliers or purveyors. And it was all vegetarian and vegan. And people at the youth shelter were just like, they'd never tasted those flavors before. They had never had access to that kind of good produce uh, before. And their eyes, it wasn't even a, oh, I don't want to eat this because it's not, you know, deep fried. It was an excitement over eating it and a look forward to it. And uh, can I have seconds, which is always lovely. And, and actually giving all that they have like they make a donation because they know that making the donation keeps this program alive. And some people might say it's pride and it's not pride. It's they love this. They give what they can so that they can see it happening, you know. And then those who are in a position to pay it forward, they do pay it forward. And now we're able to make sure that every week, you know, with the generosity of those that come to the lunch, um, these three not-for-profits, you know, the Food Pantry, Roots, and Community Living, are able to not only feed a community, but bring that community together. And it's a lovely toss salad of uh, people, you know, coming together and enjoying good food collectively. And it is fellowship, right? It's just, it's wonderful. Um, that leads to people wanting to work in our kitchen or take classes that are available through SET. Um, we once had... Uh, a program set up for those people who um, just needed training uh, and uh, to get a job in, in any at anywhere. And I just have to be training them to get a job in the food industry. <clears throat> and folksy wokesies who had just zero incentive, let's say, to do this um, or just felt kind of defeated, like, what's the point? We have uh, an 85% success rate with them graduating and staying in the industry and going forward with it, which has just been magnificent. We have one man who used to be a recipient of the food pantry to now he has been a chef for five years in a kitchen, owns his own home and volunteers at the food pantry. So you can turn your life around when you believe in yourself. And I think that comes from uh, cooking is one of those things. Well, I mean, I think people often say they, they connect through food. You're definitely doing that. And I, I, you know, I forgot to mention that when you talk one of those other wins, so yeah, it's community, it's feeding people, it's nutrition, but it's also employment. Like you said, I mean, the food industry is huge. Is. And they definitely, they desperately need people to continue to work there. And you're, you're launching people into that. Just, just incredible stuff. Um, and, and so grateful that you're doing this work. Now, listen, if people want to support the amazing work you're doing or find out more or reach out to you to say, hey, how can we start something like this in our community? This is largely why we do this podcast, too. It's sharing. There are solutions um, to things like food insecurity and nutrition and housing, et cetera. So they may want to reach out and start it. Where can they go? Where can they find out more information or where can they go to support? 
Um, they can reach out to me at chef at chefcorey.com um, or they can go onto Facebook and check out the Good Food Collective. Uh, that would be great. Or Roots, um, Roots, uh, Roots uh, Community. I have to think of that. <laughs> Roots Connecting Communities. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Um, that's, uh, that's where they can get information about the Good Food Collective or just visit my page, Chef Corey on Facebook, and I'm happy to, uh, point you in the right direction. Well, Chef Corey, we're so glad that you're doing the work you're doing. Uh, you are making an impact, uh, and we're grateful for that impact so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with me and share, uh, and drop knowledge. It's so appreciated. Thank you for all you do. Oh, thank you so much for all you do. And thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Take care. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.